Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Beast Perspective Radio Show. So, today we got some interesting topics to cover. Um, even some breaking news, for that matter, not too long ago. So, some of the topics that we're going to talk about are very interesting, and I want to get your guys' take on how you feel about this. So, definitely feel free to drop a comment or retweet it or anything like that. So, we're going to start with our first topic. So, breaking news. Indomitian Sioux is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. They just signed him to a one-year contract after most notably releasing Gerald McCoy, who has been with the team for nine years. And honestly, if you think about it, it's one of those moves that it kind of stinks, you know, from a fan's perspective because he was definitely a fan favorite for sure. And, you know, he was a really good guy, definitely helped out with the community. And, you know, of course, you know, his... um, his pricing tag, I believe, for this year was uh, for $13 million. So they ultimately cut him, supposedly, you know, they mutual parted ways to save $13 million. But they went out and got Sue, who you would think that is going to sign a one-year contract, probably around a little bit under $13 million, maybe 10 to $11 million, give or take, around there. But I look at it this way, and I look at the guy's a fan favorite. He still shows that he can be productive. What was the reasoning for this? You know, what really, you know, caused him to part ways? Because these guys were both drafted in the 2010 draft, right? They both came from the same draft class. And if you look at it from their career, you know, standpoint, their numbers as as far as sacks goes are similar, so Gerald McCoy, he's got 50.4 or 54.5 total sacks, whereas Indomitian Sue has 56. So those guys are pretty close as far as numbers goes. Um, you know, same production basically. Um, so it's like one of those things like, well, what's the point? You know, you you know, McCoy, you know, has been with this team for such a long time. You know, I understand that they got a new defensive coordinator in top Bulls. Maybe Bulls might feel like that McCoy wouldn't be the better fit compared to Sue. But, you know, honestly, it's like one of those things where I still feel like, you know, with McCoy, who is a talented defensive tackle, and he's been a pretty good defensive tackle since he's been drafted in 2010, I still feel like he could probably adjust to, you know, the new defensive coordinator system. And as a Jets fan, I know how Todd Bowles' system works. And, you know, as far as the D-line, you know, he can come up with some creative ways as far as the D-line goes, you know. Because he's had guys to work with such as Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams, you know, guys like that, you know, are really good in their own way. So it just thinks that, you know, as far as, you know, from a fan's perspective, you know, for the Buccaneer side, that they parted ways. So Sue's in, but where's Gerald McCoy going to land? So yesterday I did a poll where... I asked some of my viewers out there where, who do you think McCoy would be the best fit? Now, at this point in time in his career, he's going to want to go to a team where he has the best chance to win a championship, right? So, just for fun, I posted on my uh, on my Twitter page for fun, teams like 
the Patriots, I believe the Seahawks, the Browns, and other, you know, in case if someone else feels like, you know, that there's another team, that he could be a good fit. So, looking at Gerald McCoy, you know, the Patriots would be a really good fit for him. You know, Trey Flowers is gone, you know, um, Patriots could use a guy like Gerald McCoy, but... Knowing the Patriots, they're not going to pay him $13 million. But if you think about it, you know, Gerald McCoy has made a lot of money over the years. And like I said earlier, he's probably at the point in this stage of his career where he wants to go ahead and try to be on a, you know, Super Bowl contending type of team like the Patriots, maybe even the Seahawks. Or he could he could also pair up with the Cleveland Browns, who I expect to, you know, be a, be a playoff contender team. You know, you pair Gerald McCoy to Miles Garrett, that's going to be a pretty good duo. And Miles Garrett is becoming one of the better pass rushers, pass rushers in the NFL, you know, in this league right now. And and you're just and we're watching it. And if he keeps this up, he's going to go down as one of the best, you know, edge rushers, pass rushers, whatever you want to call it, in the game. And he's putting up impressive numbers for a young rusher. It's really cool to see him excel. Right. So, you know, I have the Patriots could possibly be a landing spot for him. You also have Seattle who has, you know, some more cap space. You know, they traded away Frank Clark. You know, McCoy would be a good addition to that because he still has that veteran type of presence. And, you know, at the right price, Seahawks can get him for maybe cheaper. Seahawks have proved to us last year that, you know, hey, even though that they have, you know, lost some key players over the last couple years they're still a super bowl contending team they made the playoffs last year when many of us didn't believe that they would but you know what they have russell wilson they retooled that uh that defense and i think seattle would be an ideal fit as well um i'm also gonna say another team that could possibly make a a, um, you know a play at gerald mccoy and, and this would make sense if McCoy still wants to make, you know, as much money as he can get, whether it be that $12, $13 million on a one-year contract, would be the Indianapolis Colts. Now, are they a Super Bowl team right now? It's debatable. Andrew Luck is back. He's looking healthier. They bolstered up the offensive line. They have a really good wide receiver in T.Y. Hilton. And also last year, their rookie linebacker played extremely well. So, you know, having a guy like McCoy, you put him on that defense, that's going to help him because that defense is still young, right? And you get someone like Gerald McCoy and you have Indianapolis Colts where with that division, you look at that they could easily win the division, right? You know, we don't know what's going to go on with the Texans, you know. You know, is Deshaun Watson going to be healthy? Is there a wide receiver going to be healthy? Um, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they kind of took a step back last season. But they brought in Nick Foles, you know, who most recently played for the Philadelphia Eagles and won themselves a Super Bowl. And Foles played great. You know, he played great. So, the question mark with Jacksonville, you know, because we know that Leonard Fournette, even though he's had his fair share of issues, we know he's still a good running back, a good young running back, right? We still know that they have some good players on the defensive side of the ball. They have Ramsey, right, the cornerback. They have Yannick Nguakwe, you know, who is also on the defensive line. 
You know, so the AFC South is up for grabs. And the Tennessee Titans is not bad either. So it's possible that the Colts, you know, could make that push to win the division and, you know, have a really good position, you know, in the playoffs to make that Super Bowl type of push. You know, so that's another wild card team that I would say that, you know, hey, look for the Colts to be in it too because they still have a ton of cap space. They could, you know, afford Gerald McCoy. They can take on his contract, you know, whether they sign him to a one-year deal, $12, $13 million, maybe $11 million. And Colts, you know, we already know that, hey, they can be a playoff team. But can they take that next step to be a Super Bowl team? And before Luck got injured, you look at when Luck got in the league, they just kept getting closer and closer, step by step closer. But their kryptonite is the New England Patriots. They cannot seem to get past them. So, for example, if the Colts were to meet with the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, you know, this upcoming season, will the Colts be able to finally be able to take down the Patriots? You know, it's tough. You know, history shows that the Patriots, when they play the Colts, you know, the last several years, the Patriots have won, you know, especially in the playoffs. So, I think Gerald McCoy, you know, um, should, you know, look around his options and see what's the best fit. You know, if he wants to stay on the NFC side of the ball, you know, and maybe if he, you know, decides not to join the Seattle Seahawks, we look at the Green Bay Packers, you know. They're another team that's Super Bowl worthy because they got Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of this generation, probably is going to go down as one of the best ever and is phenomenal. So, those are some landing spots where I feel like Joe McCoy could potentially land. Maybe there's a dark horse team out there that could perhaps get McCoy and to give Vince him to sign him and he may have success and that team may need him as that final missing piece to make that playoff push or maybe even the Super Bowl push. You know, if we were to add him to the Patriots, we know what is going to happen. We know we know the Patriots are going to be in the playoffs because you have Bill Belichick and you have Tom Brady. We already know that, right? So you had a guy like McCoy, that's just going to help make their defense better. So who knows where he lands? It remains to be seen. Another uh, topic I'd like to go over is Patrick Mahomes, right? The guy played extremely well last year, threw for 50 touchdown passes, over 5,000 yards, proved to us that, you know, he can do it admirable and a great job, you know, replacing Alex Smith. And as we saw last season, has a cannon of an arm, right? So it was discussed on the news right uh, recently where if Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball 100 yards because I think they might be going to Mexico and playing a game down there in um, Azteca Stadium where he can throw at least 100 yards. And it's very possible that he could do that, you know. I mean, he's a young quarterback, and that arm strength, man, is, like, incredible. You know, I think some of his longer passes, you know, came with uh, with Denver. And if you look at the altitude, I think, you know, that plays in consideration. The altitude is higher up in Mile High Stadium compared to Azteca Stadium. And when Mahomes was throwing the ball, I think there was a couple passes where he threw for 80 yards, 83 yards. But you factor in the altitude, very possible that he could throw more yards than that in Azteca Stadium, right? 
Could be 100 yards, could be 93, 95 yards. You know, you never know. But I thought it was an interesting aspect to, you know, talk about because Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I think he's going to make even another giant leap this year. And I think, you know, with everything that's going on with Kansas City, you know, they're, they change their defense pretty much completely. And I think that they're going to be a, a really good dominant team. Um, as I talked about in my podcast last time, last night, right, I still think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go on to the playoffs and win the division, of course. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes, man, I think it's very possible he can do it. Great quarterback. Kansas City Chiefs fans should be really happy that they got that they have a guy like that. Um, definitely a franchise quarterback, and I can see him, you know, being a successful quarterback, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, for the next 10 to 15 years. He's that type of guy, right? So he's that type of guy. So one last topic I want to talk about, and this is huge, guys, and I mean huge. So the NFL owners are coming, uh, just most uh, recently had a meeting in Biscayne, Florida to discuss the possibility of, you know, challenging past interference calls, right, where they can challenge them. And as many NFL fans witnessed, you know, in the playoffs, the Saints and the Rams play and that call was completely blown, where clearly you can see the Rams player running into the Saints wide receiver, not even making a play to get to the ball. Looked like he was just like, you know, ready to make a play, ready to make a hit, right? Ready to get him. But it didn't get called. That pass interference call never happened. And it should have happened because that would have put the Saints in a very good position. And... Many people, including myself, felt like if that call was thrown, right, if the ref had thrown a flag and got that call right, pass interference on the defense, right, Saints would have been in the Super Bowl. No questions asked. And it would have been a really good match having the Patriots against the Saints. Drew Brees against Tom Brady. Two aging veterans who have been playing very well for many years, who's all who's both thrown a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards, guys. And honestly, if if that play, you know, if that play would have been altered, right? You know, if there would have been a flag during that play, I guarantee you the Saints, you know, no disrespect to the Los Angeles Rams or what everything that they've done, you know, they had a good year last year. But Saints would have won the game. Many people agree that they would have won. So I think, you know, having a team like the Saints face the Patriots, man, that's an offensive shootout right there, right right there. You know, I wouldn't put it in the category where earlier in the season where Kansas City and the Rams, you know, put up, on, I believe, on a Monday night game over 50 points apiece. And the Rams edging out the Chiefs in that win. And it was one of the greatest games that I've ever saw. I mean, and I've been watching football for a long time. And definitely one of the greatest games I've ever saw. Or even at least top three, you know, hands down. So, I mean, it would have to be included with the, you know, New York Jets Monday Night Miracle way back then, right? Against the, against the Dolphins. 
So it would be very interesting if this if this uh, if this works, where the coaches can challenge. If this rule gets passed, if the coaches can challenge, where a pass interference call if the ref misses it by mistake, and the coach can challenge it, I think it can be a big factor going into this upcoming season, especially if it's implemented ASAP going into this season, which, you know, I know some Saints fans, you know, and I see some Saints fans on Twitter and people still talk about it. It's not fair. You know what I mean? So, and I mean, everybody's been it where, you know, we've, we've been, uh, as a, as a fan of any team, right. Where there's a certain call where clearly pass interference and it can alter the game if it's not called correctly. Like we saw last season, right? In the playoffs, the Saints and the Rams. That call, you know, you know, caused a ripple effect because the Saints were, you know, were sitting home packing and the Rams they lost to the Patriots, right? So who knows? And I'm sure there's been other times where Other teams, you know, during the regular season, you know, from last year and even over the last several years have probably been in a position where, you know, they just need to win this game and they can make the playoffs. But there's always some wacky play where a pass interference or a holding call is not called. And it's like it ends their season. It's like they're on the cusp of it. So it just thinks how that factors into the games, right? So hopefully it'll get passed, um, and I don't know if, if it'll happen or not, but I think that, you know, with the pass interference calls, um, where if you throw the ball and it's like 30, 40 yards away from the play, you put the guys at the spot of the foul rather than 15 yards. I feel like it would be better for just to be 15 yards compared to spot of the foul because, I mean, that could also, you know, dictate the game too. And I mean, you know, that's, I mean... It would be a more of a challenging aspect, you know, from a competitive standpoint and said, okay, this penalty right here, okay, pass interference, 15-yard penalty, right? So you have that. It's not going to hurt the defense as much. But at the same time, though, a defense, you know, that, and it could be a minor mistake. It could be, for example, rookie, rookie cornerbacks, rookie safeties that can make you know, mistakes, you know, it happens all the time, right? You first get in the NFL, you're going to have hiccups. You're going you're gonna to have the mistakes, right? But at the same time, though, a 15-yard penalty cost isn't as big as a blow where maybe 30, 35, 40 yards pass interference or shoot even more than that could dictate a game. So I think 15 yards, you know, would be much more better, if you will, compared to, you know, the spot of the foul. You know what I mean? So that's just my personal opinion, to be honest, guys. So that concludes today's podcast. Uh, Those of you who have listened, I really do appreciate you guys listening in. Um, Definitely feel free to retweet this podcast give it a like follow me on twitter for more um i definitely enjoy doing podcasts and talking all things nfl and uh you know and just talking about football in general man it's great great sport um you know like i said i encourage people to you know give me feedback talk about their teams you know hey as long as we're talking about in a respectful way you know it's all good man so just thought to wrap up this video guys again thank you so much for watching in Hope everybody is doing great today. You guys have an awesome, awesome rest of your day. And thank you so much in for tuning in to B's Perspective Radio Show. Take care, guys, and enjoy the rest of your day.